This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Welcome, everyone, to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. Amy Radowski is my co-host. We have a special friend, Carolyn Prevo, here. And we love to do fitness. And that's why we call it Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. So, Carolyn, you are going back to the games for the third time? Yep, third time. Third time in Madison. Third time. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, it was it was the youngster showed up in Montreal, and how did it feel to be the veteran? I felt uh, I never felt older than I have in competition. I feel like I was asked my age more than ever, um, and was referred as the old like one of the older ones on in the field, which was so weird because I still consider myself um, young. So um, yeah, I mean I was competing against someone that would be a student of mine at school. So um, pretty cool. That is, that's crazy. <laughs> so you teach high school. Um, mm-hmm. If people haven't seen other episodes we've done with you, you teach math, science, and phys ed. Yep. So mo- the last couple of years, it's been a lot more math um, and phys ed. So like this next year, I have uh, two grade 10 math classes and then a fitness class. And then I also have a couple grade nine classes also in math and um, phys ed. So does your school, is it, um, are you off during the summers or do you go year round? So we're, my last day is going to be Wednesday this week. And then essentially I'm off until the end of August. So it's good timing in terms of CrossFit season. Sure. Um, Like it's, it's pretty busy during the year. And then depending if I coach uh, teams after school, like this year was the first year I didn't coach anything after school. I just kind of focused a little bit more on my training. Um, but normally it can get very busy at different parts of the year with coaching after school. And then just like you're done work early, but you have a lot of work after work with corrections and lesson planning and stuff like that. So um, it can be long nights at times. So Amy is a director of a preschool. So she's mm-hmm. all about education, yes. um, but she gets them as they're entering school. You get them as they're leaving mm-hmm. high school and going on. Um, did I hear right that, that there's an affiliate in your school and you kind of run that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's called CrossFit Gage. Um, and I got it affiliated. Uh, so essentially we, I was in a very, very small high school or like my very couple, maybe two, three years of teaching at first. And then we w- moved into a brand new high school and then I was given a budget to fill up the fitness room. Um, when they gave me the budget, I think they gave me a budget that was considering a lot of machines, which are more expensive. And, um, I ended up basically building a CrossFit gym, which is a lot cheaper because functional equipment is just not as expensive to buy than, you know, one machine that one person can use. And it's like $2,000. Um, it was actually free to affiliate your high school gyms. As long as you're not, um, charging students, anyone that has, you know, equipment at school, should be looking into affiliating their uh, their schools. So I got mine affiliated and uh, I've had kids over the years do the open. Now, obviously when it's in March, it's a weird time 
because of March break or spring break, as you guys call it in the States. So some of it can be hard. So some, sometimes students will just do maybe one workout or two workouts, but um, they've participated in the open a few times. And yeah, it's, it's just kind of been cool to see um, students train. I mean, I, I wouldn't really say that I, I do a lot of like CrossFit-ish, like intensity workouts with them because they're more learning technique, like technique. And it's about uh, the mechanics and just consistency of movement before adding the intensity. So I'm more worried about just uh, their development and the introduction to just fitness versus the sport. So do you ever get that student that's just like gung ho and wants to do the whole open and will come in on break? Um, I have had in a couple years, like a few students that like really wanted to get into it. Um, but a lot of them, I haven't, like they haven't gotten the experience that they should go necessarily all in. And I think I'm very patient with some of them and kind of um, molding them to take their time. So I don't think I don't think that they've really like dug into as like hard as some of the teenagers that we've seen, obviously, like really take it seriously and are training like multiple hours a day. Um, I, I guess I'm a little bit more strict in to kind of slow them down a little bit and uh, really work on the, the development. So, so do not, your, oh, let me ahead. ask this real quick. I was going to ask, do your students follow like your um, season to see, you know, how you're doing and celebrate that with you? Or are they just kind of like, oh, whatever? Um, I don't really talk about much of my like competitions or anything like that. Um, they don't really see me train much at school or anything like that. Like I'll train at lunchtime or, um sometimes during my lesson prep time but like no other student is in inside mm -hmm. there so i wouldn't really say I, I talk much about like my fitness competitions or where i'm at they'll they'll notice more about what i'm doing through uh, my instagram if like some of my students follow me on instagram so they'll know that if i'm away at a competition and then and then they'll ask me uh, okay. how it was and they'll follow along there but i think a lot of them don't quite understand maybe how it works. Um, they just see a, a fit teacher and they think I can do anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you, are you more known as a hockey player or a CrossFitter in school? Uh, originally I would say hockey, to be honest, they, they would say I'm the hockey player. Um, I, because yeah, I think, I think they know, they know me more as hockey, but I, I know that they know that I obviously um, compete in, in CrossFit, but I, I'd say probably equal. Cause, cause you still play hockey, right? Yep. So I didn't play as much as past season. Uh, we're still in the developments of our future league, which should be launched um, ideally next year in January, which uh, January to about March, it should be pretty heavy in games at that point. And it'll be a professional league. Players will be paid. Um, so that that's exciting. So that, so like in the past two or three years, it's been more showcases. Like you kind of uh, will travel somewhere, a few teams meet up, they play, you know, each team once for a little championship. And there's not as much like, it's not like a league where you're playing every weekend, you know, like two games or something like that. So it'll get back to that kind of normal feeling next year. I have so many places I want to jump to from that. Um, but I want to talk, I want to kind of go into it this way, because I know that it means a lot to you to set an example that girls can become athletes post high school, college, that that is something um, feasible. ESPN is doing this big celebration of title nine. 
um, and the 50 years of that and how much female sports have changed during that 50 years. And I think it was like one in 23 women participated in sports before title nine. And now it's like one in three. That's awesome. And so I just wanted to get your take on that because you were probably someone who benefited from title nine by being able to play college hockey at Wisconsin. Yeah. And even with that, um, you know, we got to have certain, I guess, privileges at the university um, that other sports teams maybe didn't um, in terms of like training table, like some of the meals that we had, we were treated basically like the men's football team, the men's hockey team, the men's basketball team, which was like our top three men's sports at the school, like the women's basketball, women's hockey and women's volleyball had essentially the same type of access as some of those big school or big sports at the school. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been great to see, um, you know, title nine come into play for a lot of schools. I've seen some women's hockey program over the years have lost their team. So that was sad, you know, for other teams to, to go in, um, you know, you never want to see any sports team, especially women's sports team, um, fold even, especially if they're doing well. Um, so hopefully, you know, you know, Title IX will continue to be in play and more and more women's teams, you know, just get added to different programs and there's more support, you know, financially um, to help keep those programs sustainable um, and obviously more people in the seats to come and watch them. But yeah, it's, it's exciting to see the women's sports and where it's heading. Um, you know, obviously our hockey league is going to be heading in a really, you know, big direction right now. And we're seeing the women's soccer in the States exploding, the WNBA exploding, um, you know, golf. Golf and tennis has always been very popular for women's sports. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of team sports for women, it's it's starting to definitely blow up. So it's it's great to see um, where it's yeah, going. How, how far are, do you think we are from, from it, like, truly becoming a staple in our society? I still think we're many years away. Um the growth of our game is huge, especially women's hockey. It's one of the fastest growing sports in the world. Um, but we're, you know, the NHL and stuff were developed, you know, in the early 1900s, probably, if I were to guess. Um, so we still have, you know, many years uh, ahead. And, you know, a lot of those men's sports, they're able to focus only on their craft and, you know, show up to whatever field or arena or whatever and just play. But women are still balancing a lot of other things, full-time jobs. Um, if these, if these women were given, you know, a league or something where they could strictly focus on being a professional athlete, their sport would grow even at a faster rate than what it already is right now, just being given certain opportunities. Um, so I think that we're still lagging behind just because of some of the support and just, it just takes time obviously for different sports to grow, but just in terms of um, being able to compete at any sport and, and focus strictly on that. There's not many sports that have that right now still for women. Well, and I think that's an important thing that you said there because there's definitely a financial discrepancy in women's and professional sports and how can they do that solely being a professional um, athlete when they have to, you know, have the income for well, well, you, well, you look at the WNBA, they're making more money going overseas and um, 
a lot of most most of the women there are going, you know, they're playing almost full year round because they have different seasons. They have their WNBA season and then they go play overseas to make more money because they're not making it in other times of the year. So they're just juggling, um, trying to be a full time athlete and they're juggling different leagues even, which yeah. is just, you know, guys can take a full off season, recover. And these women are playing all year round, you know, putting their bodies at a higher risk of injury. Um it's just yeah. the it's def, there's definitely a difference between male and and female sports um, that we see. Mm-hmm. It it's funny because I look at the women's soccer team here in the U.S. that rode a wave and made a statement when they did right. They they said they were going to boycott unless there were equal there was equal pay for them to the men mm-hmm. in U.S. soccer, and they took a lot of flack for that, but. That's something that has to be done. I look at Winter Olympics, and one of the most watched events is, is USA-Canada women's hockey final. It, it, is, it is the most watched event of the Winter Olympics because it's just such a great rivalry. And the USA women's team did the exact same thing as the USA women's soccer team did in terms of they almost boycotted their world championship to demand higher um, – uh, pay and and different um, benefits and stuff like that. They ended up getting what they wanted, ended up winning a world championship that year when they did that. Um, and yeah, it just, you know, they, you're starting to see people fighting for, um, you know, for better support and it's, that's what's needed. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that it has to come to the demand like that. Um, but they're, they're blazing trails for the future and hopefully that's breaking down walls for all young women to to be able to do something in the future that they want. Because mm-hmm. I know you told me that you made the decision to play hockey because <clears throat> you had a shot at making the Olympics. And it was something like after, after college or after high school. And a lot of sports for women don't even have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like as a, as a female athlete – you dream about going to the Olympics as a male athlete, you dream about playing in professional sports mm-hmm. and making the money. And it's just a different, it's a different dream for, for females. Um, but I, I hope that with these professional leagues coming in that, you know, now, now girls are, are dreaming about playing professional in whatever sport that they're doing and not only trying to make the Olympic team because it's, you know, a lot of female that they play at the Olympics, they make maybe a little bit of money from their government or their, um, their sport organization. And then, you know, they get done the Olympics and it's four years away. So they're, they're kind of lost in their world a little bit um, or they're going back to work or, and everything like that. So it's just, it's nice to see these professional leagues come in and, and support. Well, and it seems like if, you know, every four years, if you're training for every four years, and then it's just this two week period that you get to perform and show all your work for four years versus if you could yearly be, you know, compensated. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to now go back. Um, You you said your last day of school is soon. I couldn't remember the exact day. Wednesday. Wednesday. Not that I've counted or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) So how much of a relief is it to have that that time going from then to the games instead yeah. of cramming everything in. Sorry, dogs are playing with their bones here. Um, 
It's yeah, it's definitely a big relief. Um, I just finished correcting my last math exams today. So all my report card comments are done. So it's just kind of like the stress is off your shoulders um, and you can kind of just focus a little bit more on out on training. I get like for a lot of teachers, you know, their summer is their relaxation time. They're going vacationing. For me, it's my opportunity to be a full-time athlete for like, that's, that's what I can do now. And I get to have an even playing field with, um, a lot of the girls that I compete against at this point in the season. So I'm looking forward to just kind of bumping up my training a little bit more in the next month um, because I don't even get the two months because the games are obviously early August. So you, I mostly get three weeks to really push hard, um, especially because Latlas Games was one of the last ones. So you got, you know, I took four days off fully or four or five days fully off and then uh, began training again, but it's a quick turnaround versus if you're the first week and you know, you're heading to the games, you can deal it a little bit more, um, and kind of ramp up towards the games. But yeah, I think I had what, six weeks, seven weeks, maybe to the games when the Atlas games were done. So it comes by really fast. Cause you take a few days off and you're like, Oh crap, it's in six weeks or it's in five weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if you were given the opportunity would you do CrossFit full-time or do you love what you do during the day? I think I like, I need to be busy. Like I like my brain to be challenged. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would train much more to be honest. If I was a full-time athlete, I think I would benefit more from, you know, maybe having more recovery and um, having more access to like massage therapy and stuff like that. But in terms of training, I think there's only so much you want to do or can do or should do really in a day. Um, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy just kind of getting my brain active and just uh, thinking about other things and, and just really educating the um, the youth. It's mm. it's nice. Um, like I, I wouldn't want to just personally uh, train full time. I think cer- certain people definitely um, can do that. And I, I do enjoy I, I enjoy that two months in the summer where I can just focus. But I do also like to teach. So you like your mind to be busy, you like your body to be busy, but how do you decompress or like de-stress? Probably my phone is just like my like little escape or um, hanging out with my dogs or Lex. Um, They're just, that's just like my relaxation time. Um, Like being with them. Um, Yesterday, I talked to Lex yesterday, right? Yep. It's uh, all a blur now. Yeah, I think it was that sister um, yesterday. And at the time you were cooking breakfast, and I was hoping that there was smell o vision, <laughs> um, but there was not. So what was on the menu for yesterday? Uh, what? So normally I make breakfast, she'll make lunch, and we'll kind of alternate dinners depending on whenever she'll have meetings for work. Uh, yesterday, probably just like a omelet wrap with some yogurt or something on the side. Nothing, nothing too fancy. Yeah, she was she was selling it though. She was like, "It smells so good." <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. You just get used to it when you eat pretty similarly every day, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was. She just can't. What was it? A week ago, she climbed the mountain that yeah. we put in our rig report, and she didn't get to eat a lot or sleep a lot before she went. So, I think she's just in like. Yeah, she's D-load excited. And- oh, yeah. Well, she didn't even get to deload. She went literally, we got back from the Atlas game. So we drove back to Toronto that night. 
after all the podium stuff, all the drug testing. I couldn't pee for a while, so it kind of de delayed our trip a little bit. Then we went back to Toronto and we were up at four. So we got home probably around like 1130 midnight and we were up at four o'clock driving her to the airport so she could leave in her like six o'clock flight to California. Wow. She climbed the mountain, I think like the next day after that. So she didn't get a deload like at all. And then I had my deload. So I'm ready to go the following week. She didn't get her deload. And but we just we just competed at a little local comp yesterday, too, or two days ago. Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that as well. She talked about that being a way for you to get a little bit of intensity in your training because you work and you you train. It allows you to like get five workouts in in a day. Mm -hmm. And so how much does that help you in this time leading up to the games? Yeah, well, there's still a lot of times before the games like there is, but there isn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I like having, you know, it was just like a competition day. You just get to you go to a different intense intensity that you do normally in your, in your gym. Um, you know, we got to do like a, a heavy lift after a Metcon, which is just, you know, your high heart rate, you know, it's just game like scenarios. You're kind of seeing a lot of training camps uh, are doing these types of um, games prep and these simulation of, of different events. So it's just nice to have a little competition, but not much pressure in uh, the competition. It's not a major one and just, get some workouts in it's fun and it's nice to do it with someone it's always yeah. partner workouts are fun that's my favorite so do you normally train by yourself then alone uh i did for years okay. um basically all of my crossfit career i had some training partners here and there and then since alexis has been here since last january so 2021 in january mm -hmm. um we've trained together in our pm session so I'll try to do whatever I can at school. Sometimes I might have like, so my lunch hour is about an hour. And sometimes I have like guard duty where I need to go supervise kids for like 20 minutes. So like I'm literally running to or speed walking in the hallways because we're not allowed to run um, to try to get to the weight room. I might try to get my endurance interval session done, something done, whether it's one lift, two lifts, whatever I can get done in that like 40, 50 minutes. Sometimes I might have two minutes to eat lunch, get back to my next class. Um, Lex will train in the morning and then she'll work the rest of the day and she gets her lunch break when I'm done school. So it, it just, the timing works out really well. So we'll, we'll do our med cons together in the afternoon. We normally do our endurance work and weightlifting in the morning or whenever I can at school. It can be at lunchtime or during my lesson prep time. Because I would rather separate my training session into two blocks if I can and then do some of my work, school work in the evening versus doing a big chunk in the evening. Sure. So let's go back to Atlas for a second. You had a really good performance. Your average finish was pretty good. You really only had one workout that wasn't a top 10. Which um, one? That one was expected. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Did you meet your expectations in the in that semifinal? Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't feel like any of the workouts were necessarily like home runs, and I didn't necessarily feel that any of them were terrible. So I was just kind of going in. I was like, okay, I think I can do pretty consistent on most of these workouts without winning, and that was kind of my goal was to just kind of fly under the radar the whole weekend and then 
execute very well. Like my, um, I knew the first two days were going to be better days for me. And the third day was going to be my worst day. So it was really important for me to get good, um, good event finishes in the first four. I was disappointed with my miss of the 215 jerk. I was really, really close. I kind of just lost my footing and brought the barbell back a little bit too far. Um, Cause that would have brought me to a fourth place in that event, which could have had me a little bit less stress going into the Sunday it would have been basically could, you know, just do the workouts without too much stress. Um, I knew the double under one on the Sunday was not good for me. Uh, just hissed. If, I mean, I'm sure the fitness people yeah. that do your stats will see that every double under workout is my worst one every year. Um, so that one was just kind of survive. It was, it is what it is. And then the last one actually went better than I thought. I'm not phenomenal at legless rope climbs. And I was, I thought I had a really good day for my uh, ability or my ca- uh, capacity in that movement. That's just like a specialist type of, um, workout so yeah. i was happy uh and so we didn't i just want to let you know we did not look at your worst movements <laughs> uh, we're, we're all about positivity here Kim. okay great <laughs> <laughs> um so i want to ask you with with lex working have competing at the same place does that add stress to you or do you just let her do her thing and you do yours uh, we're very different athletes when we compete and and also like when we train, like we have different strengths and weaknesses and the way that we approach workouts are, are very different. Um, I, I love having her there. Uh, I watched like all of her heats. She watched all of my heats. Um, it's nice just to have someone that you can talk to about things. Um, I, if, if she would shoot, I say that I would stress her out because I like to talk like strategies and stuff. And she just like, doesn't want to talk about that with me um in a competition setting anyways um yeah I, I mean i think we both have different personalities for what we can talk about in competition which was a, it was the first time that we competed individual against each other we've yeah. done a couple comps partner which we love competing together um competing individually like we're there supporting each other um always uh but in terms of how we want to attack workouts or what we want to talk about prior to workouts um, we're different. <laughs> yeah, Is that creates not- a lot of that creates a lot of layers there because you want your your person to do really well, but also and and it's anxious producing when you're watching somebody you know that you care about, uh, and then also competing against. That's a lot of different layers right there to add on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Does, does she have time to talk to you about the workout when she's done with her heat? And before you go in your heat, or do you have to kind of wait till you're back and everything's done? Uh, no, she was able to, to talk to me, like she would cool down and then, um, she would tell me something. Maybe it was like, okay, uh, they're being very strict on this standard here. Make sure that you, like they were being very strict on the, um, parallel handstand pushups and you had to be way off the wall with your, with your butt. And stuff, and a lot of people were just getting um, no reps. There was some inconsistency, definitely within lanes of what was accepted and what was not. So it was just like, if you're in this lane, you know, watch out, <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Um, just, but you know, at that point, we already know what we're doing for strategies. Although she was kind of um, 
helping me uh, with numbers for lifting. Uh, she kind of coaches me too and just tells me, you know, she was like, okay, you should open at this because people, that's the bottleneck for this weight right now. Uh, you have to hit this number as your opener or whatever. So um, I got to have some input from her uh, in that way. Yeah. There was a very clear line between the top five and then, and the rest of the field. Like you, you were there by 40 some points. And I know there have been freakish things happening this season where people are making huge comebacks, but that's a pretty comfortable lead to get into the games. I, I, I never get comfortable. I, I was still, <laughs> I knew that event was not great. Um, for me and you never know with a legless rope climb it takes one no rep and you're done for like um, especially females you're done for like at least almost a minute sometimes and it could even be even more um i didn't think that my place was certain going into that final event at all uh in 2018 i finished sixth place so and i thought i did enough to make it through so i knew exactly that feeling and that feeling kept coming back in my head and i was like oh my god here it is again because the last few years i've qualified through an online system I, like I qualified 2019, 2020, 2021, all online. So this was the first time I got to actually qualify. And well, 2020, I lost my spot after all the COVID things. But I like all three of them were emails sent to me and emails sent to me. Congratulations. So like I was really like, you know, wanting to qualify in person for the first time. So I was happy about that and to not have the same experience as my last time in person with the sixth place finish. Um, so no, I don't, I definitely don't think that it's a, even if it's 40 points, like you saw Will Morad had what 80 something points that he came back yeah. from. Yeah. Um, I still can't believe I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the girls that were behind me, I knew were good legless, like you had um, two girls that were good at legless rope climbs. So I was just kind of just trying to run my race in that one and stay within reach. Um, yeah. So you got your name announced over the, over the loudspeaker that you are making it to the CrossFit games. And that was your first time with experiencing that. So was there any emotion to that or was it just old hat? I think it was just like relief, like happiness, just kind of like, cause I was very stressed that day. Cause I knew that day was like my, like, hold on to the, like, hold on to your place. Like just do what you can. Um, yeah, I was just, just very happy. But like you talk about the top five, you know, having a point differential, but I always think it depends on the programming and um, mm -hmm. you can have a different program and you're going to have a different top five. I, I believe that a hundred percent, you're going to have a different top 10, top 20. There's some girls in the field that, you know, they maybe weren't able to um, showcase some of their strengths because it maybe some of the programming wasn't towards them. I've had programming that was, that helped me in some of the comps that I've competed in, you know, um, programming matters. So, mm -hmm. you know, these are six events. I finished first last year at the Atlas games and it doesn't mean anything for the games. I, I think I was the worst fisher of the fifth, the five girls that were at the Atlas games last year. You know, you have different events, different tests, which is interesting because we're like, we're always like, oh, yeah, you tested this in the open, this in the quarters. But every stage, the scoring counts, you know, it starts back at zero. So it's not like it's that relevant, even though you tested those things prior. Like, you start back at zero, you have 15 new tests, anything can happen. So it's just, yeah, 
That brings up an interesting question that I know I want Amy to ask you, but before we get there, I want to, I want to ask you the question. So if there, so what fantasy fitnessing did is they looked at, they took all of your movements and they put, if that that movement was in a workout, they put it beside it where you finished. And there was one movement that stood out way above everything else. Do you know what it is? Deadlift. No. Burpees. Yep. <laughs> so I will show you their thing. It'll just take me a second here. That's right. Cause the, the one year that deadlift, I, I didn't do as well. Cause I think there was strict handstand pushups the one year, but normally it would be deadlift and burpees. So th- these are all of your competitions and they have your average event finish and your event wins, your top fives, your top tens. How many events were in that, that of that thing? And then here, how you did on single modality, couplets, triplets, chippers in each event. And then here it is. Um, Burpees, fifth, third, second, first. And then in the quarterfinals, 34th. That's pretty impressive. If there's a combo of deadlifts and burpees, that would be bigger than. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that Looking through this, I didn't really, I don't think double unders is in here. I don't think they showed up enough since 2020, but you're pretty consistent across a lot of things and it doesn't look like it's movement defined because here's like GH sit-ups. They're pretty good. Uh, handstand pushups. Those are all the same event. I think that got copied over a little bit. Um, you know, rowing isn't that bad. Snatch, not so bad. That's, yeah, that, I think that's one thing for me is I like to be um, well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I do have some holes for sure, and I do have some home runs that I can hit with obviously the deadlifts, the burpees. If there was a sprint, like a pure, like last year it was a 500 meter, but that's not a sprint to me. Like the, a sprint is a 100 meter, 40 yard dash. Like mm. I have some home runs, I have some holes. I think we all do minus maybe Tia. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was cool kind of seeing how consistent you were, no, regardless of the movement, except for you, burpees. Burpees you, were. You need, you need those home runs, though, at the games because it's not enough. Like it's almost not enough to just be average at anything at the games. You're just not getting many points. Like if when you're, fin- let's say, in a field of 40, you're always between 20 and 30, like you're not get you're not getting that many points. You you need that one or two top 10 events. So like, that's why like, like last year, I didn't get any that was like really my wheelhouse. And I think the year before I had a sprinting event and I had a couple of them that made me finish higher um, points wise. But yeah, you definitely need, I mean, I'll take a burpee deadlift event at the games. <laughs> Yeah, and our and our other co-host Kat is jumping on saying, are those stats dependent on what they were coupled with in a workout? And they are. Yeah. They don't really show us what that was coupled with unless you know what the event name and what it actually was. Um, they just kind of looked at it. If it had burpees in it, this is where you finished. Mm-hmm. I do like burpees. Yeah. Uh yeah. what about thrusters? You like thrusters? I like light thrusters, moderate thrusters, mm-hmm. heavy thrusters, not as much. Like my upper body is not like I'm a lower body dominant athlete for sure. Like my favorite movements, uh, deadlift, squat cleans, 
thrusters, pistols, box jumps, sprinting, burpees. Like those, definitely, yeah. and like and chest like none of those, not many of those were at Atlas Games. So like I was waiting for the certain combo, and I didn't get the combos that I needed to kind of hit a home run at the Atlas game. So I was a little bit more consistent, I guess, like mostly like around the fifth place-ish, not 10th place. Mm -hmm. And so that means you're hoping that they're saving all of those for the games. Right. I hope so. <laughs> but you know what? You go to the games and you think you're going to – I think Fikowski talked about this on – I'm not sure if it was the morning chalk up or something, but you know, you look at an event on paper and you're like, Oh, I should do really well here. Maybe top five, top 10. And then, you know, in execution at the games, you're 27, 25th. You're like, Oh crap. Everyone's just so good at that level. It's like, it's just, um, you're, you know, you want to be, if, if you're all separated in different semifinals, you finish very high, but when everyone's put together, you, sometimes it's hard to know where you stack up and everyone's so good. So you mentioned about being a lower body athlete. Do you think that's consistent? I mean, to me, it would seem so to be consistent with being a hockey player. Hockey, soccer, Taekwondo, yeah. all yeah. lower body. Yeah. All lower body stuff. Stuff. I did, like I did do um, gymnastics when I was really young, uh, all the way until nine before I did like Taekwondo. But I, I mean, I didn't learn how to do muscle, like ring muscle ups at, at gymnastics or so like I had the body awareness from gymnastics, but the term in terms of like the Olympic lifts or the upper body pulling, pressing strength mm -hmm. um, was not comparable to how much lower body I did and accumulated throughout all my years of sports. So you are headed back home to Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. And we, you've talked on previous episodes that your old coach supports you very much when you go back there for the games and they give you use of the training facility. Wow. How cool is it that you get that opportunity as an alumni uh, to be able to go back home and have that comfort during the games? It's awesome. I like, I love Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it's, it's kind of dead in the summer. So people don't actually know how, what the actual city is like when all the students are actually there, the football games are on the tailgating, all stuff like that. Um, like it's pretty quiet in the, in the summer, but just having access to that, um, you know, you, you don't get that really anywhere. Um, it's just a great university. They're supporting their alumni. And uh, a lot of the, like some of the hockey players that I don't even play with, and like they're the newer players there. They came to watch last year. Some of them um, bought tickets to see like the, the outdoor events, obviously like the Coliseum tickets are so expensive. Um, but yeah, just amazing having access to the facilities to recover and stuff like that, or um, even to train prior. It's great. How do you feel about going uh, head to head with one of your uh, former opponents? Page. Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State alumni. The, the Ohio State, as That's they like correct. to refer themselves. Uh, no, it's great. Um, you know, I, I I like Paige. Um, she's a great athlete. She had a phenomenal semifinal. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot more than Paige, obviously, in the field. Um, oh, it's sure. yeah. <laughs> it's just it's great just great to see um, and compete against people that you know and uh, and follow over the years. Um, yeah, I think I played three or four years against her. She's a great, great hockey yeah. player too. Yeah. She actually said great things about your hockey prowess. 
uh, because we asked about that head to head Mm -hmm. and she said, well, she was on a much better team and was a much better player than I was. No, she, she, I think she captained her team too, or, or maybe was assistant captain or captain. She was a hard worker. That's what I remember the most of Paige. Um, hard worker on the ice, blocked a lot of shots and just kind of was like under your skin. And I think that translates to what her strengths are in CrossFit. She just, you know, give her a type of workout that's, um, you know, like that suffer type of workout. And I think she does really well. And just so you know, Amy is a graduate of the Ohio State as well. It was just trademarked. I'm just you know, I almost went to I almost went to the Ohio State. I visited there also. Yeah. It was it was my second pick. It was one of the closer ones to home for me. Yeah. Sure. And I wanted a Big Ten school. Yeah. Their hockey well, facility needs an update though. It oh hundred percent. I don't deny that. <laughs> um so you mentioned about programming being a big deal, you know, an, an important aspect. So what do you think about the programming for the last chance qualifier? I think it's great. I, I looked at it today. Um, I think there's, you know, it's just going to be, it's simple programming. There's nothing super high skill. Um, like there's no legless rope climb. There's no ring muscle up. It's just kind of like who's, who wants it more. It's mm-hmm. pure CrossFit. Uh, there's some definitely some strategy involved, like that rowing one. If you go too, too hard and all of a sudden you can't handstand walk, you could, you know, in a 2000 meter row, you don't need to go and PR your 2K row. You can kind of sit back maybe even 10 seconds. And that's a significant difference in terms of how you're going to feel coming off the road to then handstand walk. Um, no, I think I think it's good programming. I'm excited to see who comes out of that um, this weekend. It's this weekend, right? Well, I guess it starts like the Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's the strongest semifinal that you have, right? Like you have all the, the bo- like the bubble athletes of each um, semifinal put together, hungry, wanting to get to the, to the games um, and only four workouts. Whew. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot on the line, <laughs> a lot of the line, a lot of great people that are going to be missing out on the games. Um, and again, could have maybe made it through another semifinal, different programming or different field that they go against. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it just happens that this is where they they turn out. So it is a last chance qualifier. And this is something that we didn't have in our sport before. So I think it's a great addition to the sport to have this last chance and get people um, that were just on the edge in, in the region to have another shot at it. It's exciting. Yeah, when I saw the programming, I will, I will admit Four names popped into my head, two men, two women, based there's, on the programming. There's one woman that popped into my head right away. I think Sarah Sigmund's daughter should do very well with these. That is one of the two female names that popped into my head. I think another daughter should do well also. but I think Ariel Lowen. Yeah, I think Ariel Lowen will do well. Especially, mm-hmm. She's a good rower, good handstand walker, good muscle-ups. She, she should do well too. I just think no. that Sarah's so good at online workouts. And there's like what what really has bothered her all year at Dubai, Wadapalooza and her semifinal was a heavy clean and jerk for her knee. And the one clean and jerk event that's here, she's going to power clean it and jerk it. The, mm-hmm. She's just so strong with the barbell with the moderate load. I think she'll smash some of these events and she's able to put herself in a dark place that probably better than anyone online. Yeah, and I think with the the her height, the row and the wall balls, the wall ball. 
Um, and then on the men's side, I think Royce Dunn and Matt DeLugos I, have great shots. I looked at Royce Dunn and I thought the same thing too for Royce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Royce. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm thinking in the right direction anyway. <laughs> I wasn't sure for Matt DeLugos for some of the other ones. I definitely thought of like more for the rowing, like Lux and I were talking about for the rowing for him. Um, but I'm not sure where his handstand walk speed is. And yeah. I know he's be- good at it. I just don't know how fast he is. Yeah. I don't know him. I don't know him enough to, to know if that's a strength or if some of the maybe smaller guys can back off the road just to, you know, like I said, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, but make it up literally in the close to minute and a half or whatever they'll have maybe two minutes. I don't know how fast guys row 2k. Yeah. I bet you I'm, I'm betting DeLugos can do that in six or under. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he's six, six, four, six, five. Yeah. But so, Roy- Royce is a good rower too. Like he's got yeah. a lot of weight to pull. He's great. And he, and with that mayhem programming, handstand walks are always in that. Oh yeah. So that and, should be a home run for him. Yeah. He's a great guy. I competed with him before too. So definitely rooting for him. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, what kind of programming are you following? Um, my programming. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah for CrossFit. Uh, me and Lex, we program together, um, like our Metcons and our accessory and everything. And then we have Cal Strength that uh, provides us our weightlifting program, which we've followed now for a couple of years. And then Rob Carson does our uh, endurance work. Um, so he also was the um, endurance coach for like Carrie Pierce and he does the underdogs um, endurance stuff now. So yeah, between that endurance piece, the strength piece with Cal strength, and then me and Lex's minds for um, the rest of it. Will you guys coach each other during, during some of your stuff or is that not a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) She'll coach me more than I'll coach her. Um, (laughs) I also have my coach, Paul uh, McIntyre from Cross the Coliseum. I've been with him uh, for all nine years. I've done the open So he's supported me. He'll be going to the games also. Um, Yeah. So I've, I've always competed out of the the same gym across the Coliseum and I've kept the same coach. Um, But I've just programmed for myself mostly over all the years. And then since having Lex here, we've kind of just been bumping ideas together, um, which has been less stress on my part just to kind of figure everything out. Um, So it's been, yeah, it's just great to have someone else to, to, bounce ideas with so when are you going to head to madison can decide that tomorrow we're going to look at flights tomorrow i'm actually heading to california with lex and the doodles on thursday right when school gets done on wednesday one last day to just kind of pack up everything here we'll road trip to california we have different stops um like lex is very good at like mapping out all the gyms that were going on the way um which we did last year as well so we'll, we'll stop at different crossfit gyms We'll get our regular training in within the weekend and train in California. And then I'll fly from California to Madison. So registration, I think, is the Sunday. I want to say it's the 31st. I don't feel the need to be there super early. Like I, if I can train the, like in my own gym, like in, let's say, in California while I'm there, the most, like, like as much as possible. Because when you get to Madison, you're kind of searching for places to, to train. Um, it's just you're out of your routine a little bit. 
so I, I don't need to get there too, too early. And I mean, it's expensive too, to be there. Um, like we yes, had like, like some people have the sponsorships to pay for them to be there for two, three weeks to acclimate, but I'm out of pocket. So I'm not going to be there for two weeks before, or even a week before. Um, so it'll, I might be there this, let's say the Saturday morning or something like that. And then, uh, get to Madison Saturday night and register. Cause you don't start until the Wednesday anyway. So that's plenty of time anyways. Sure. Yeah. So most likely the Saturday at some point, probably so, flying to Milwaukee. So when you're doing this road trip and you're stopping at different gyms and you have the doodles, right? So you have all that going on. Do you drop into a class or do you drop in and ask to like do an open gym? So we'll, we'll do open gym. Um, we'll do our own, like we have, we'll have track. So we'll stop like at different high schools, like she'll map out different heights so that we can get our endurance, like our running in. She's already messaged some of the gyms. Like we're going to, um, uh, James Townsend, his gym at some point. Um, he has open gym like all day. He, I think he's like said that he was open 24 hours. That's our first stop at a gym. I mean, that's, that's going to be a great gym right there. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we will do open gym. We'll probably be there for a couple hours, get on the road for a few hours, go to a track, maybe run, um, interval stuff, or we'll just do a workout at the, at the track. Sometimes the doodles might be running with, with one of us. It is what it is. <laughs> it's just a few days like that. And you just, you know, you just, we're, we're just trying to get to California as fast as possible too, so that we can get back into our routine. Um, but I've like, we've already programmed things knowing that some of the gyms might not have all the equipment that we're used to. So like we've front loaded our week this week with some of the odd object things or, uh, more complicated programming stuff. And then on the weekend, we'll have a little bit more body weight or maybe some rock stuff or weight vest um, or lower skill stuff on the weekend. So that like any gym would probably have, you know, the rower, the pull up bar, and you're maybe not relying on having sandbags or yokes or sleds at some of these gyms on the road. So just kind of front loading our week with different things versus keeping it for the weekend. It's all yeah, you thought know, of. Yeah, you know, James probably has the hookup. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you recognized when you drop in at these gyms? No, oh, no. I'll, most of the times they think Lex is the games athlete. Uh, like that's crazy. I, I, I'll go to competition sometimes locally. And, and like, I, I think, I think like look wise, I don't like, I'm not as jacked as a lot of the cross of games athletes. Like I look relatively, well, like I like, I look like, athletic. <laughs> I, I look athletic. But I just like we go like I think even at the games last year, like a lot of the volunteers because Lex was carrying like a bag or something of mine, and then they're like, "Oh, the athlete here." And I was like, "Oh, bye, Lex." <laughs> 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 like I, I wasn't recognized. Yeah, go ahead and go out and do this yeah, one for you, me. Yeah, <laughs> you do this one. I'll do the next one, Lex. <laughs> um, no, I would say most of the time Lex will look more like the games athletes, and a lot of times in, in gyms she'll beat me too. So it's like, Oh, that's the games athlete. You just got whooped by her or that workout. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well that happens. Yeah. Um, that's, what's great about having, you know, her with me because she'll push me in a lot of workouts that I'm bad at. So I get really exposed with some of her strengths. Like mm -hmm. she just, she just didn't get some of the programming that could have 
maybe shined her strengths at Atlas games, but she does beat me quite often um, in workouts. So it's just funny on the road when we, when we're at gyms and she beats me by like a minute or two and people are like, Oh yeah, that's the game Southie. And they're like, no, that one. It's like, oh. <laughs> so I, I take it. Lex is going to get your coach's pass. Uh, Paul, Paul's going to get it. Um, uh, Paul, Paul's always gotten it in the past. Uh, and I won't like, uh, that won't change this, this time around. Le Lex, mm -hmm. we're uh, still figuring out, um, just, it's just so expensive to fly from California right now. So I'm hoping that like she came last year, she was still, we were able to find another pass last year as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were thankfully able to, um, both beat like Paul and Lex, but yeah. Regardless of whether she's inside or not, like inside the like uh, the warm up area, mm -hmm. I'm communicating with her, and she's she's coaching me also. Like she knows all my paces, she knows my strengths and weaknesses, um, because she's training with me every single day. She knows exactly what I would break things, so um, I'll be communicating with her prior to events. Uh, if she can test events, she will. Um, so she's, she's coaching me too. too. <laughs> do, you, do you do any specific mindset work, um, you know, like to kind of calm yourself or do anything like that before, you know, heading into the corrals or just in your general training? Um, no, not really. Uh, I used to do a lot of that in like martial arts and Taekwondo. And I, do, I think that just competing at a high level in different sports uh, over the years, I've just kind of been able to like be good with my emotions, like through good and bad times. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I have a bad workout, I, I need to vent. And uh, Paul, my coach understands that. And he'll just let me get it all out. And it's like, he's like, okay, once you're done with this, or once we're done this meal, it's done. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. next one. Um, and you got to be good at that at the games because, you know, you got a lot of events and you just need to forget about the last one yeah. um, because there's more points on the line. When, when you're on the floor, do you want to be in your own head or do you want to hear your coach yelling? Uh, it's, I mean, I'll hear him yell cause he has a loud voice. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like knowing where I am within the, like, I'm very aware of where I am positionally in a, in a workout. Like I am in my own lane, but I also know who I'm not chasing in a workout who I need to kind of stay within reach in a workout or just kind of like, cause it's, it's a numbers game. Um, it's a points game. So it, it definitely plays a factor. Like I think it, like a lot of people are, are always say like, Oh, they're in their lane. They don't, they don't watch anything. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> like it's hard to, to be fully in your lane. Like I have my strategies, but, um, I will deter sometimes away from it, but, or sometimes I'll stick to it, but you're just kind of still aware of where you are in the race. When, when people say blinders on, I always am so confused by that. We talked to Spencer Pancheck yesterday and he was showing the point where he beat two other guys by five tenths of a second. And that was 15 points. Yep. Like, and if you don't know that and you're not fighting for those little points here and there, you're going to miss out on the games. Yes. It's, it's a huge difference. I think I talked to Pat many years ago and he was saying the same thing. Like it's a numbers game. It's like, who do you need to stay ahead of how many, like it's 
you start doing the math and it's like, okay, well, why waste all your energy if you're way ahead when you just need to win that workout or just be ahead of this person, like just fit, mm-hmm. like, right. Sometimes you do like, you'd have to sprint to the finish line because you don't know about the prior heats before you or um, yeah. The, I mean, you, you yeah. definitely need to be aware. I think that, you know, your coach can play a role in that and kind of letting you know certain things, um, you know, certain numbers that people are hitting for like for lifts. Like that was useful when, you know, Lex was like, you need to hit this because this, this is the bottleneck right here. There's a lot of people. So you get two pounds above it, clear yourself from that. And it's like, okay, yeah. So that, that also comes into the coaching job um, as well. So my last question for you is it's Sunday after the games. You you've lived in Madison before. Is there one place that you frequented when you were in college that you were going to hit before you leave? Uh. <laughs> As an athlete, as a hockey player back then, me, yes, I would probably go to the KK with my hockey team, which is the college club. Um, I don't know how, or Wando's or Nitty Gritty, which was Power Hour or something like that, but I wouldn't say that I am much of a drinker anymore. Um, I would probably grab some pizza at Ian's and some cheese curds somewhere, maybe at Nitty Gritty. And probably head to State Street, where there's a lot of always a lot going on there. I will take those notes down. <laughs> you definitely have to have cheese curds when you're there. Cheese curds, brats. You can go to you can go to brats. Yeah, and the cheese curds there are are just different. Oh, they're so than good. Getting they're the so, Ohio version or the, the ice cream, the ice cream too. There's some good ice cream there too. So this is the secret I've learned from all CrossFit Games athletes, that the key to success post-comp is pizza and ice cream. Everybody has said that. It's it's not wrong. I know. (laughs) And Amy is an ice cream addict. So I'm, yeah. So where should she go for ice cream? I mean, there's a few places on State Street. Uh, Michael's Custards have some good ones. Uh, it's not on State Street. It's oh, I'm blanking on the name. I know how to get there from Camp. I think it might be on Randall Street. I miss it. But Michael's Custards have some okay. uh, has some good ice cream there and some good desserts. Yes. Awesome. Nice. It's 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 by uh, it's by the football stadium. It's just down the road a little bit from the football stadium. Cool. Right on. Well, Carolyn, as always, it is so much fun getting to chat with you. Uh, we can't wait. We're going to be in Madison, so we'll be there rooting you on. When uh, do you guys arrive? You- uh, I think I made my hotel reservations two weeks after the games last year. <laughs> That's uh, So I think I actually have to go on and cut it down because last year was a full week, and we probably won't get there till like Tuesday Okay, is my guess. I haven't even talked about it with the crew yet. but yeah i will probably just get there the day before okay Mm -hmm. cool so we will see you there yes we'll see you guys there all right good luck thank you so much yeah thank you for joining us on the clydesdale fitness and friends podcast remember you can find us now on youtube as well as all major podcast platforms please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us 
and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.